With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. Joanna Vargas keeps Hollywood skin looking amazing. She counts Julianne Moore, Rachel Brosnahan, Mindy Kaling, Sofia Coppola, and Jake Gyllenhaal among her clients. Beyond the celebrity buzz, Joanna's built a skincare empire that includes salons in New York and LA, natural beauty care products that bear her name, and a new book, Glow From Within. We talk about how she built her empire and her best tips for glowing skin. Joanna, I have read about your early morning routine and found it very inspiring. Can you tell me about your early mornings and how you developed that habit? As you and I uh, both know, it's challenging when you have kids and you're working and, you know, to try to find time for yourself. It's, you know, you have to be highly scheduled. And I've always been an early riser. And so, Instead of just waking up early and just sitting in bed, I decided to make it into a bit of a moment for myself, which I found has really helped me tremendously in terms of stress management and just making me feel like I did something good for myself every day. So I wake up quite early and I do sit in bed for a little bit and just look at what's happening in the universe. And then I get up and uh, do a Peloton class, which really helps me manage stress and kind of invigorates me and uh, gets my day started nicely with some fun music and some dance vibes. (laughs) 
You, like me, a busy mom, what is the bare minimum we each need to be doing to have good skin? I like to point out to people that good skin has nothing to do with your DNA and has everything to do with your lifestyle. The bare minimum would include getting enough rest, um, exercising and eating, not to be on a diet, but eating things that will give life to you. And then on the skincare side, it would be washing your face before bed, wearing sunscreen every day. And then I think sort of an essential ingredient in your arsenal would be a, a vitamin C, ideally a vitamin C serum for day to help protect your skin against cell mutation and sun damage. You know, you could wear it under makeup. So those would be sort of like the bare minimum and perhaps an exfoliation once or twice a week. <laughs> I, I love could that be your bare so minimum is cold. also my maximum. <laughs> I'm like, okay, all right, Joanna, that's enough. Um, how much of one's skin do you think is about what you are putting into your body versus what you are putting on your skin? You know, I'm an esthetician, so obviously I believe in product. I believe in uh, facials. But I think that your skin is like maybe... 70% what the rest of your life looks like. Good products are really important, but I think people discount completely how important it is to be healthy in your life. It's such an important part of having good skin and controlling breaking out, controlling dryness, controlling how we age. Obviously, I had to learn this as I got older. I'm, I'm turning 50 this year and I feel like I understand a healthy lifestyle so much more than I did when I was young. I was so much more willing when I was young to kind of be like, oh, you don't have good skin. And in my case, my mother had darker skin than me and I always wished I had her skin. I got cursed with this, you know, fair skin with freckles and melasma. And, you know, we all have our things, right? And I think when you're younger, it's easy to pick yourself apart. And when you get older, you realize there's so much you could do for yourself to, to make yourself look good. And I, I think that my skin looks better than it's ever looked, even though I'm in my late forties. So you do look good just for anyone listening. So they know that skin is, is, is glowing. You grew up in Princeton, New Jersey, went to university of Chicago, studied women's studies. I'm also a women's studies major, so I love, and oh, Jersey cool. girl, so, and photography. What did you plan to do with that? You know, I moved to New York with the dream of being a fashion photographer or an art photographer of some kind. I did get jobs in that field at the beginning in the first few years I was here. I just really realized very quickly that my personality I was not I was not made for that lifestyle. I was not made to be a freelancer. I was very shy. I was very quiet. The idea of self-promotion embarrassed me. And just being on set, I just felt so stressed out all the time. And so going to beauty school was sort of like, well, maybe I'll do makeup. Maybe I could be a part of the industry in some way. And uh, in a different way. And when I got to beauty school, I really fell in love with the idea of taking care of somebody. Mm -hmm. And that one-on-one, -on -one, you share with me what, 
what's troubling you and I'm going to help you fix it. And to this day, that's really what I love about my career. And that's why I still do uh, so many facials and um, I'm still in the mix uh, because I just love it. Miss Juleka, nice to have you on. Must be a special reason. Yeah, yeah. You know it's a special reason since I like to be behind the scenes. <laughs> All right. So when Canto Beauty decided to come on board, I mm-hmm. Yes, you rushed to volunteer to try the products. <laughs> yes, I know I did. And it's the first time. I know. But I've already been using the coconut curling cream for years. So I figured I wasn't going to miss a chance to try out sister products. I like the photo you sent me the other day. Your hair looked really good. And that was just after one shampoo and conditioner. My curls were shiny and smooth, man. And my comb was not full of my own hair after I detangled it in the shower. Mm-hmm. You know, even in pictures, it's coming through. Like, your hair looks shiny and hydrated and just so healthy. Thanks. I really appreciate that you let me send you those. Because I'm really excited <laughs> <laughs> about the change. So how many products are you using all told? Right now, I've got like four. So I'm using the shampoo, the conditioner, the leave-in cream. And then, can I just tell you what my favorite is? Mm-hmm. The Wave Whip. First of all, that name is everything. But I love how my waves and my curls just are fuller. They're more touchable. They're less frizzy. I mean, I know I sound like an ad, but let me tell you. <laughs> well, you can enjoy the benefits of the Gantu Beauty hair care line, picking up your favorites at Target or ordering from Target.com. You worked at an organic spa and with a dermatologist. How did those experiences shape your thinking on skincare? I learned a lot about ingredients at the organic spa. I also felt like the stress was more on aromatherapy there than anything else. And it was very hard to clinically help anybody. I also learned I don't like Enya. Um, (laughs) (laughs) As much as other people may have. And so me getting a job with a derm was kind of like, okay, I'm not going to do this. Who am I? And so working there for the time that I was there was the opposite end of the spectrum. It was somebody who was really passionate about product and beauty, which is great. Um, But where do I fall in this conversation? I found that I really thought less was more. And I wanted to show people that you don't have to turn to invasive things in order to get your skin to be what you want it to be. And so that's really how I developed my voice. However, it took you a long time to tell your parents that you were working as an aesthetician and that this is what you were going to do. Why? I think... Perhaps other people who have immigrant families can relate to this in some way. You know, I'll just speak for myself. And I have found that friends who have had immigrant parents um, have related to this concept. But really, my parents did not send me to school so that I would work with my hands. It's really that cut and dry sometimes for people. My mom definitely knew that estheticians existed, but... Um, I don't think that anybody was happy with that choice and career. They wanted me to be a lawyer or a doctor. Those were pretty much my two choices. (laughs) 
Um, I think that my family would have been proud of me if they could see now what I've accomplished, but uh, definitely it was a hard conversation and it was many years after that, I still had to listen to, well, if you had become a lawyer like your brother, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, it is what it is. They just had a different worldview. And I think one of the gifts that I have in my life is that I'm really good at seeing things from other people's perspectives, even if they're not my own. And I understood what they meant. They just wanted what was best for me. It was very dramatic when I was young, but now, you know, I I really get it. I really get what they were saying. Was there a point where a light bulb went off over their heads and they said, oh, you've built an empire? You know, unfortunately, both my parents passed away really before that came to be. I think that they would have been extremely proud of what I've accomplished. And um, I'm more sad that my grandmother didn't live to see any of this because she would have been busting with pride. She was the type of grandma that, um, you know, she saved everybody's little clippings of accomplishments and things. She had a lot of children and a lot of grandchildren, and she was very proud of her family and what she had accomplished in her life. For her, her accomplishment was her family and her grandchildren. And she was really my inspiration for being in the beauty industry. She was the one... Every birthday I would get bubble bath and body lotions and lip balms from her. And she used to let me do her makeup and her hair all the time with my cousins. So she really is my inspiration. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads. What did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size 8. And now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important. And it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh, boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? (laughs) They do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events.
From Penguin Random House and Read It Forward comes The Adaptables, a show that dives into the most buzzed about book-to-screen adaptations. This season will feature the Hulu adaptation of Celeste Ng's Little Fires Everywhere. After you watch Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu, make sure you tune into The Adaptables, which brings together authors, insiders, and Celesting herself to discuss each episode of the show and the makings of a great adaptable, and why watching and reading are important self-care rituals. Hosted by two binge-watching and book-loving best friends, Abby Wright and Emma Schaefer, The Adaptables is your friendly guide to -to book-to-screen adaptations. Tune in for TV and book chat and interviews with best-selling authors like Taylor Jenkins Reid and Camille Perry, L.com senior writer R. Eric Thomas, the hosts of the Bad on Paper podcast Grace Atwood and Becca Freeman, and other authorities on the books and shows you love to binge. You can find The Adaptables anywhere you listen to podcasts or visit readitforward.com. Check them out on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at readitforward. It's so funny. I have two little girls. And so when they were born Cubans, I don't know if Mexican-Americans use this, but violetas, this like perfume that they put on babies. And of course, are you kidding? I thought that that was like, it comes with your Latina card when you're born, you must put perfume on your baby. Uh, I will. I will let Can't you. Believe you asked me I will that. let you in on a secret, which is I only put it on when my dad's coming over because I don't want to oh hear God, about so about funny. whether or not the babies smell like violetas. But otherwise, I'm just like this is this is a lot of fragrance to put on a child. <laughs> 2006, you opened your New York salon. Is that right? Yes. You felt that there it, there was a need to modernize skincare, to take a fresh approach to it. Yes. What was missing on the market that you felt there was an opportunity and a need? Well, um, so my husband and I opened the salon together. We're the dynamic duo. Um, you know, I felt like I, the places that I had worked um, in places that I hadn't worked, it was a lot of giving the same facial to everybody. It was a lot of one size fits all. I felt that it was very geared towards um, Anglo skin. I felt like the needs of all were not being met. And I felt like the beauty industry was very exclusionary toward a lot of people and not like, oh, we don't want you around, but it was just sort of the imagery, the treatments, the product never felt like it was geared towards people of color and their needs just bothered me. You know, my husband's from Nicaragua. There's that part. I felt young when we started the the business together and I wanted to take science to the next level. And I wasn't seeing that in the industry. In the industry, it was still a lot of glycolic peels on everybody. A lot of what I felt were really outdated product lines geared towards a much older clientele. And what about the working woman? What about the people who are in their late 20s and early 30s? Those are the people that really want to do everything possible for themselves. You're trying to be everything. Go to the gym, go out with your friends. What about treatments for those Mm -hmm. people? We wanted to create a salon that was for everybody and we wanted to create, I wanted to do treatments and have a menu that was very geared towards different types of skin and that could be really customized and curated and really address 
people in a, in a new way. And I, and that's what we did. 10 years later, you open your LA salon. How did you know it was time to expand? I started going to LA here and there in 2008 when a client would ask, um, the first client who ever asked me to go to LA was an actress who was in quite a big movie that year. And I gave her a facial and I started going periodically and then it became more and more. And then it was like once a month because I started having regulars. It was more the fatigue of having to stay in a hotel every time and not having, and having to set up every time. And just knowing that I had clients there that needed me more than I was going that prompted me because I'm always driven by, if you want me, I'll do it for you. If you ask me, I'll do anything for you. I wanted clients, you know, not every client is available the four days I go a month to LA. And then one of my estheticians in New York said she wanted to move back to Los Angeles. And I was like, bingo, let's do this. And so we got a space. It's just when sort of like all things become aligned and then you and then you go for it and know you can do it. Can I ask who was the first celebrity to show up at your salon? The first uh, major person that ever walked through my door was Rachel Weiss. So pretty. Uh-huh. And so nice. And just really, she and I are uh, the same age and we have boys the same age. So we really bonded immediately. And um, her skin, um, you know, in that era, uh, didn't always love making movies as much as she did. And so she came for facials regularly. Um, the other actress that was coming regularly at that time was Tatum O'Neill, who was on Sex and the City at the time. She also is one of the kindest people I know. Every time Tatum came to the salon, she would buy five gift cards to give to friends so that I would get my name out there. And um, the two of them were very, very kind with me and... Um, you know, as with everybody, if you give them a good enough treatment, they'll tell their besties and they'll tell other people. So that's really how we grew the, the company. I've always thought a lot about what it means to live in a democracy. If, like me, you are curious about the bigger picture political questions, you should check out the Democracy Group Podcast Network. Podcasts in the Democracy Group examine what's broken in our democracy and how Americans can work together to fix it. They look at how the government works and how we can all be more civically engaged. Each podcast covers democracy from a different angle, whether that's foreign policy, journalism, or political science, and examines different issues from exploring the need for climate justice to uncovering corruption in Washington. Visit democracygroup.org to hear the latest Remember shows, subscribe to a bi-weekly newsletter, and gain access to curated playlists covering everything from healthcare to impeachment to climate change. Again, that's democracygroup.org. 2011, you launched your own product line. What was the motivation behind launching that? I feel like so many folks, I think, think about this and it's helpful to know how you did it. I wanted to do it because I wanted to, I kept on looking for an exceptional line to work with. And um, not that there weren't great lines out there. It just wasn't exactly what I wanted. Um, and so I started working on it back in, I think I started in 2007 or 2008 on my first product. 
I didn't launch the line until 2011 when I had four products. My first product was the Daily Serum. It took me two years to do. It was the hardest I've ever worked on anything, but it's still to this day, it's my top selling product worldwide. Because what, you go to like a biochemist with a vision for this? Like who are you working with to develop this product? Yeah, you go to a, a cosmetic chemist You have to interview them like everybody else, and you have to find uh, a place that you want to work with to make things for you. My husband and I found a lab that we really liked. We liked the ingredients that they were working with. We liked the setup. It was um, a really nice company, and I loved the chemist. To this day, we're friends. I told him what I wanted to make, and he thought I was nuts because nobody had made anything like it before. This green juice for the skin... He thought it was weird and it took a long time to get it right because I wanted it to be hydrating, but light, oxygenating, you know, all these things, but it really worked. It's a beloved product. Anybody who's a fan of the line uses that product and I'm very proud of it. After that, I got the hang of how to do it and I learned a lot along the way and product development is very easy for me now. So what do you know now about product development that you wish you knowed when you started? I think what I didn't understand is that it's just like baking a cake from scratch, you know? It's not enough to just know you want hyaluronic acid in your serum. You have to know how much of it to put and how it will react under makeup and How could you put a sunscreen on top? And there is something like that for every single ingredient. Not all ingredients work for all skin types. And, you know, I understood a lot about ingredients because of the derm I used to work for, because I had to learn about all these different product lines. But it wasn't enough what I knew. And so it was sort of like going to chemistry college, you know? Your feelings on plastic surgery? You know, honest to God... If it's going to make you feel better about yourself, then go for it. But I want people to know you don't have to do it in order to look your best. That's all. It's that simple. I don't judge anybody for anything. And certainly, same thing with filler, Botox, all of it. If you are going to walk out of that appointment being so happy, then I'm happy for you. But I want you to know that there's plenty of stuff that I can do with you so you don't have to do it. If it's against what you want to do for yourself, I got you. I have your back. Has the current crisis changed the way you're approaching your business or the way that you're thinking about your business? Well, look, both of my salons are closed. They've been closed for uh, a month or more, and that's very tough for us. We are doing online consultations in the meantime, You can book one with an esthetician and uh, the money that you pay for the consultation, you can use as credit toward products or towards treatments when we reopen. We are selling gift cards on our website. You spend $75, you get a $100 gift card for when we do reopen. You know, you have to pivot. My husband and I, this is our family business. This is what we've built Many of our employees are like family to us. Most of them have been with us for a very, very long time. So we want to take care of everybody. What he and I both know is that we are willing to work our hardest for our employees, for our clients, 
and that we'll get through this. Um, so yeah, so we've had to be thoughtful about how we were going to keep things together and keep the group together. We have a newsletter that we send out to the staff every week. It's called the good newsletter. And it's, it's so hard not knowing how long this is all going to be. It seems to me that so much of your ethos is really about empowerment, right? That like, if a woman feels beautiful, that is a form of empowerment. Yeah. So much of your ethos around natural beauty, about having an alternative to invasive procedures. Did you always feel comfortable in your own skin? God, no. <laughs> God, no. First of all, I think an eye-opening thing for me as a when I became an esthetician was learning that everybody felt insecure, no matter who the person is. She could have just won an Oscar and she has the same insecurities that I do or you do. And that was eye-opening. It was also eye-opening to learn. When I was in high school, I would look at magazines and I would you know, just be like, gee, I can never be like that girl. And now I know like half of it is smoke and mirrors and the other half is, is work ethic. And those women take it upon themselves to go to the gym every day because they think it's part of their job to look like a movie star, you know, because I've listened to so many people and I've tried to address uh, their insecurities with them so much it has really helped me come out of my head so much and realize it's not going to help my, I have to be a leader to, we have 70 employees. Most of them are much younger women. If I'm not at my best, how could I possibly lead them? Or how could I be a good boss? Or how could I be a good face of the brand or voice of the brand if I'm, unleashing my insecurities onto the world? How could I be a good mother to my daughter if I'm showing her that? And I'm not saying I'm showing my daughter perfection. That's not what I mean. But I just mean like, I, if I feel insecure about something, I either shut it off, get out of my head, or I do something about it. If I'm not happy with my body, I go work out. You know, if I don't feel good about the way I look, I don't eat dessert with my kids every night or whatever. I've gotten better at editing out the behaviors that I know won't make me feel happy about myself. I love that. Joanna, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for making this all work. Thank you. Thank you as always for joining us. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua-Williams and me, Alicia Menendez. Cedric Wilson is our sound designer. Emma Forbes is our assistant producer. Manuela Bedoya is our intern. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening. And please, please leave a review. It is one of the quickest and easiest ways to help us grow as a community.
a little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author, Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. 